Hello, and welcome to Dodecahedron, a podcast by, for, and about role players. I'm Colin LaMoth. And I'm Jess Vetters. Every week we get together to talk about a range of gaming-related topics, from creating a character to running a game, and what it all means for people who share our favorite hobby. We may not be experts, but we do have pleasant voices and a wealth of gaming experience that we're eager to share with you. Our topic today is playing a supporting character, but before we get into it, Jess. Colin. Tell me about your most recent game. My most recent game. The See, most recent. Oh, this, uh, this actually pains me a little bit because due to, whoa, due to multiple unforeseen circumstances, uh, I actually haven't played since the last time we recorded. Really? Really. Uh, so, you know, you know that I went home, like, back to Indiana last weekend to visit my family and celebrate my mom's birthday. Yes, yes. Um, and normally we would have played on Monday, but I was out of town. Of course. Uh, and before that, we were going to play, but we had some, uh, basically, a player in the game needed to take a mental health day, and it was kind of deter bleh, determined that, you know, we'll all just ease off on that. So the last game that I played, I think I already talked about uh, in an earlier episode, at least a little bit. So but I it was basically like, mm -hmm. to to reiterate very slightly, it was playing my Paladin Rion, and it was essentially like what happens when a good aligned party who is vehemently opposed to the concept of slavery has to play social graces games in an evil aligned nation that runs on the back of slaves and it was just a it was a bad time i can imagine it would be did the party end up getting through it without being arrested uh <laughs> most of us did <laughs> Well, I, that, I, that sounds exciting. How did Rion I, do? Hmm. So at one point, this party has multiple magical companions slash pet folks that run around with us. And one of them, a uh, I can never remember the species name. It's like a weird fairy fish thing that floats around and is delightful. Uh, her name is Bleganshy, and she got kidnapped. And we were, I guess I should say, I was on a bit of a rampage trying to figure out, like, all right, who stole our damn fish? And may have gotten a little overzealous and kicked in uh, a few random doors, just kind of demanding, like, where are your criminals? Uh, in retrospect... Bring out your criminals. You know, sometimes when you're a paladin with not spectacular wisdom you kind of just have to roll with the first idea that comes to mind and that first idea definitely got rion arrested perfect uh yeah how does a paladin a good aligned paladin do when arrested well my intent was definitely to be like i'm gonna serve out whatever they tell me to do and i'm gonna get my own way out of it like, as lawfully as I can, I will make amends and atone in my way. And then the party was like, ah, uh, nah, fuck that. We're going to use our weird political connections that we have through this NPC and just, like, 
claim jurisdiction through someone else and just bust you out of jail, basically. So the last, like, four sessions of that game have all been taking place in this one city, and it has been, like, one crappy thing happening after another. So now... I'm not gonna say the whole party is mad at each other, because things are smoothing out a little bit, but there was a point where if it was ever going to split up, that would have been the moment. Interesting. So how do you, how does your group, your group personally, handle mm -hmm. kind of long, unexpected, uh, like, delays or... Um... Oh, you mean like our entire game? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, how does your particular gaming group handle the fact that you sometimes have pretty sporadic schedules? Do you ever kind of like miss a beat in storytelling? Does it require a bit of time to get back into it? And what's some of the longest that you've had to wait before getting back into your story? I think the longest we've gone without playing either of the long-running games that's going on is something like six or seven weeks. Uh, so, like, longer than ideal, but not so long that when you come back to it, there's just no concept of what happened last time. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, at least myself, but also, like, a couple of the other players involved take pretty decent notes. So it's never really a matter of, like, oh my god, what was the last story beat? We're completely lost. It's just a matter of... Okay, last time on our Eberron campaign, this happened. And, you know, it, it's really just a matter of getting back into the swing of things with a minor catch-up session, and sometimes that catch-up session means, like, the entire game night just becomes two or three hours of getting back into the swing of it. That makes sense. But Do, do you have any personal... Um techniques that you use to get into character after a particularly uh, particularly long time being out of it. I have a couple of playlists that I like to listen to, like, because music is one thing that really helps me get into the mind of my characters. Mm. Um, also, the fact that I do take pretty extensive notes, like, before the session, I will sit down and read over what happened, sometimes going back as far as, like, six or seven sessions to get to the beginning of whatever the arc is that we're in. Uh, but generally speaking, once I find the character's voice, because you know this about me, and some of the listeners at this point will know this about me, all of my characters tend to have fairly distinct voices. Yes. Uh, finding that is really my easiest way to get back into the swing of it. And speaking of characters, it brings us right around to our topic, supporting characters. Now, Absolutely. Would, would you say Rion is more of a main character or a supporting character? Rion, I would say, is a main character in almost every stretch of the word. Uh, my other character that I play, Staniel, is definitely support. Like, the way that I would define this for myself, and I will ask you to elaborate once I say this little piece, is mm. how many plot points in the story relate directly to this character and when it comes to rion it's like a solid 10 to 15 percent of the plot has at least tangentially related to her specifically okay. whereas with staniel it's been like one percent 
And he's so, definitely still there. Mm. It's just not like the story is about him. So, in your estimation, what is a supporting character, a supporting player character? I'm glad you asked me about player characters, because if I were to talk about a supporting NPC, that could go on for a long time, and I have a feeling you are going to have a lot to say about that. Oh yes, absolutely. But for a, a player character acting as a supporting character, if you think about it in terms of narrative, yes, kind of like what I was saying about how many of the plot points focus specifically on them, but if you think about it functionally, like the utility of it, you can say, you know, what is their role in the party? And if they are the healer or the buffer or whatever you have there, that's definitely a part of it. But you can also definitely have, like, a mainline tank or damage dealer who functionally is a supporting character. Absolutely. So I think an important I... thing to define in terms of a supporting character is something that you've kind of come back to is the idea that the difference one of the main differences between a player supporting character and a player main character is the amount of plot or story that relates directly to them. I'd like to expand on that just a little bit. It's not only the amount of story and plot that relates directly to them, but the amount of story and plot that they take direct control of. I think that's an interesting distinction. Now, what do you mean when you say take control? Because I know there are a lot of storytellers and GMs out there who would argue against letting a player take too much control of the plot. And see, as a DM myself, I cannot run a plot that a player does not take control of in a certain sense. Now, mm -hmm. when we're talking about control, we have to define what that means. In the scope of the game, the DM in most of the games that we're talking about and the games that we're mostly familiar with, the DM has what would be considered the high level control. In the sense that they have the they have a finger on the button of the weather, of the NPCs, of kind of the timing of when certain events outside player control will occur, etc., etc., etc. They right. kind of handle the administrative task of laying down the plot. And we're talking about player control. And we're talking about control within the scope of the narrative and the story. We're talking about the player that steps forward and takes direct um, command over the situation, i.e. party leader, i.e. head investigator, um, <clears throat> i.e. main actor in the event that is transpiring. So when I say control, I mean they take responsibility for the plot yeah. itself. Um, and their character is kind of your main lead point on it. So there's a dragon that's attacked a village, laid waste to the countryside on countryside on countryside. The character is the one who says, we may have been on a quest to depose an evil tyrant, but we cannot allow this dragon to continue to rampage the countryside unchallenged. We are going mm -hmm. to turn right around from what we are doing and we are taking direct control of the situation we will hunt down this dragon it will not slay an entire uh, it will not slay another village i would say that is that player taking control of the plot they're not allowing it to rampage out of control in the background of side guard they are directly throwing their hat into the ring saying i have claimed this plot i am following this plot dm play me out now that's interesting to me because what you just described to me is a um 
a basically irresistible story hook. And I feel like most players, no matter what their views on playing the game are, would be drawn to fighting the dragon that is attacking the innocent village. Sure. So I, I don't know... It's not that I disagree with the idea that that is a player taking control of the plot, but I think that is something that is set up so that that's more about the illusion of control, giving the mm. players this sense that, like, well, here's the main plot, but here's this side quest. Do you want to do this side quest? You should really do this side quest. Well, see, that kind of comes into play on the idea of what your group is like. For instance, if we were talking about my group, Depending on how important the main storyline is, i.e. the deposing of the crazy or the, the evil dictator, the players might say, you know what, this dragon thing, it can wait. We're going to let this go, and we're going to just continue going on. In which case, as a storyteller, you, you have a choice. You either say, very well, I'm going to push this plot. The very next encounter that they have is going to directly relate to it and try to, and try to win their buy-in. Or you say, very well. Very well, this is not a very important plot to you. I'm going to have it continue in the background so it becomes a greater plot threat later, but you have made your choice. Mm -hmm. the, the question being on the illusion of control is if you don't give them another option. As long as it is presented as a side quest, it can be as juicy and tempting a side quest as ever, but there is always that main choice. As long as you have presented them the choice, we can continue the main story, we can follow the side story, then there is actually a sense of player buy-in. And you get to decide, and they get to decide, morally speaking, what is more pressing to them. What's more pressing to the character? What's more pressing to the player? I get what you mean. I, I, I follow you now. Uh, so, in terms of like the main character, player character as we are talking about, being the one who sort of drives the decision making on that plot going forward mm -hmm. what would be the role of a supporting character in that situation? See, a supporting character is a hard role to consider playing uh, from just from like an outside viewpoint stepping in because in my estimation a supporting character is somebody, is somebody who does not attempt to take control of the entire storyline, but instead uses their time to enrich the storylines of other characters. In a um, forum RPG that I've played, um, I, I generally divide uh, I generally divide players into two categories. There are the plot consumers and the plot producers. Plot mm. consumers are players that devour all the plot that you give them, but they don't necessarily churn anything out. They're the people that you give them this quest about the dragon and like during the midst of which you find out about some weird uh like some weird ritual religious -y, strange magic-y stuff that have to do with some of the villages but they don't care about it at all they just devour all of that plot and they produce nothing else and a plot producer is someone who walks into that situation solves a problem and then puts out a new complication as that player for other people to respond to a supporting character needs to be a plot producer. A main character can be a plot consumer. And generally speaking, most of your player characters will be consuming your plot. They'll be following along, like Pac-Man, along like a little blippy line, um, eating the morsels See, that you put into play. I would have actually thought about it the opposite way. Like, your, your main characters should be the ones who are spurring things along and producing 
more story beats, whereas the supporting characters can be the ones who sit back and sort of allow things to happen as they move along through it. See, I think that is... See, I, I can absolutely see that position. I think that in itself is the illusion. To play a supporting character is a difficult is a difficult prospect um, because there is a difference, I think, between a supporting character and a background character. A background character to me is a player is a player that does not generally take control of the situation. That is sort of just that is sort of just there to follow along the the main like the main storyline and the directions of the other player, and generally does not attempt to focus any storyline on their character at all. And a supporting character for me, because of that whole word support, is someone who does support the storyline, but not in a main character standpoint. It's somebody who um, it's somebody who helps to enrich another main character's storyline. There's somebody who says, we could go and do this main quest, but I'm actually very interested in your, in, in this main character's um, uh, blood, uh, blood oath that they need to fulfill for their small village. Let's actually go and do that plot instead. I want to get involved in that player's individual plot and and uh, and and draw it out, build it up. Hmm. I'm going to shift the conversation a little bit uh, and go bring in bring an example, like a, a filmic example, Please if do. I want to get all fanciful. Are you familiar with the movie Mad Max Fury Road? I am, yes. Okay, so spoiler alert. Just in general on this conversation for the next, like, let's say three and a half minutes. Who would you, Colin Lamothe, say is the main character of Mad Max Fury Road? Furiosa. And why? Because I completely agree. Most of the plot revolves around her her goals and um, uh, her mission, her pathos, so to say, like her her journey from uh, subjugation to freedom, and the ad uh, like in the uh, adversary she must overcome to do so. In that respect, I would say Max is a perfect example of my idea of a supporting character, like mm. someone who is along for the ride and will help facilitate the plot happening but the plot is not about him sure he's there and in like in the particular terms of that movie he is the lens through which we see this part of the world which but, is very interesting oh i mean i love the way that they handle the storytelling in that like for that exact reason your main character is not the main character and i think that's brilliant but at the same time, you have this idea of the distinction between the supporting character who is in a functionally main role with the theoretical support character. Like, if you were to break it down in terms of video games, Max is a fighter and Furiosa is a sniper and a driver. That's what she does. And that's not something that you typically see in this position of pushing and leading the plot. Hmm. Um, and I, I think I would put that similarly in terms of like if you have a, you know, in a D&D &D party, if you've got a fighter and a ranger and they're 
like little bard buddy who goes along with them, which is kind of basically the party, if you want to think about it that way in Fury Road when you throw Nux into the mix. Sure, I gotcha. Like, you put <laughs> the ranger as the main character, even though everything is ostensibly from the fighter's perspective. Which is a very interesting way to flip the story mechanics on that. And I mean, it's not... I'd say it's a good example for what a supporting character would be, but not a traditional thematic example that we could pull from a bunch of different movies. Since the point of view is shifted. And point of view is another really important factor to look into when you're trying to figure out, and I will also say, as I'm about to say this statement, not every gaming group, not every campaign, and not every system is conducive to this idea of main and supporting characters. There are plenty of games out there where everybody is a main character, and there are some gaming groups that will say, like, everybody is support, and the main character is this, like, NPC that you're escorting. And none of those are the wrong answer. True. But... It kind of depends on how you interpret um, the roles themselves, because they are open to interpretation, obviously. And this... This, this podcast, this particular episode, is just our interpretation of the idea of a supporting character and how to play one. Mm-hmm. I believe that in your example, that Mad Max was an excellent example of supporting character because although he didn't take any of the main plot necessarily as his, it was mostly, it was pretty much the story, Furiosa, he was fairly pivotal to some of the aspects of the plot itself. I think, especially in a role-playing group, where point of view is something that has to be shared between all players, because every player kind of comes in from their character's point of view. So we're looking at a story that involves the point of view of several different main actors. Mm -hmm. In my estimation, or in my experience, a supporting character is someone who does not necessarily focus on taking control of all of the main ongoing plots, but focuses on the interpersonal plots that are between the group itself. They are the they are generally, in my opinion, my experience, the characters that lend themselves very well to creating a very rich tapestry of in-character dialogue, um, interpersonal relationships, uh, and um, party cohesion. Because it's, it's very easy sometimes um, in these games, in a lot of these adventure-type games, to lose track of the fact that you are a bunch of possibly disparate people that have set out on a journey to accomplish a singular goal. And that right. sometimes you make these characters very disparate. People that would ordinarily never get along. And in some cases, the party never addresses that. It's just action after action after action. So it never comes down to addressing what is the link between these people? What is this, What is the character story that is going on with this group? Interpersonally, what is the story about their meeting and their interaction? And a supporting character, in my opinion, uh, takes an active role in ensuring that the story of the relationship in the party is told. Well, and even if you don't focus necessarily so much on telling the story of the relationships between the characters, because while I agree that that can be extremely important and it does lend a lot of levity and a lot of uh, truth 
to playing the people of your game, there is a lot to be said for the idea of not necessarily being a supporting character to keep all of your party members, like, chummy and learn more about their stories, but from sort of a meta perspective, taking this role in the backseat of saying, like, I am going to be here to help keep the story moving forward, and I know, like, Joey Jojo Johnson over there has a 72-page backstory for his character, <laughs> and he and the DM have been focusing on this, like, four-year campaign arc, and I've just been along for the ride, and you know, I'm just playing, like, a tabaxi druid who's just out to have a good time and maybe i have a 51 page backstory but you know i don't really need to get into it so much because i'm just joey jojo johnson and i'm just here to have a good time you just love saying joey jojo johnson it's a really fun name to say i i can tell that you enjoy it and i am afraid it's going to be a sticking point i'm extremely good at names colin you should know this by now uh good is very subjective Yes, and I subjectively say that I'm very good at it, I, objectively speaking. I don't know if I can agree with that. Well, can you agree with my point? I can agree with your point. Please do not confuse that for agreeing with your names. Well, <laughs> six of one, half dozen of the other. <laughs> now, as much as the spotlighty writer and actor and storytelling egomaniac in me really loves playing the main character because I love diving deep into my backstory and oh, yeah. feeling the emotions of my character. Very good. It is incredibly important, no matter who you are, to be aware of the other player's needs. Mm -hmm. Very good. And, and how would you suggest to our dear listeners, as many as they may be, how would you suggest they figure that out other players needs because it's not well, like I people mean, just announce it this is true a big part of it is very careful listening and um this incredibly difficult process that took me years to figure out and which i i extol the virtues of at every given moment uh i like to call it human empathy <laughs> uh but, I mean, a big part of it, even if, you know, just natural empathy is not your biggest thing and you don't really consider yourself a very good listener, I know a lot of people out there who really love games like this are people who maybe have more of a mind for the analytical side more than the emotional side. Mm. One thing that you can do if this whole, like, namby-pamby, ethereal, oh, understand the emotions of your comrades thing doesn't make sense to you, think about the amount of time that you spend talking or doing things in the game as opposed to your other players. No. And if you do that sort of social math and find out, like, oh, I only talk, like, 10% of the time and there are only four of us. And obviously, you can't really count your GM in that count. Chances are they're going to be talking a little bit more than any individual player, unless you are a roleplay-heavy group, and you do a lot of internal, like, player-to-player uh, -player talking. Maybe then it's time for you to be like, oh, 
I'm a supporting character. Do I want to be? And is there room for me to slip into that leading role every now and then? Or if it comes out the other way and you're like me and you realize, oh, I talk like half the time in a party of six. I should take a back seat for a while. Now, the question is, of course, what kind of a group you have, because if you have a lot of people that don't necessarily like being in the spotlight, it may necessitate you to actually take the helm and talk a little bit more. There is something to be said about groups that um, continuously play the same roles in terms of a party. I know one particular group in which the same player always ends up as party leader because um, either the characters, like either the players can't take the pressure of being the party leader or mm -hmm. um, can't be the main authority because of their... Um, tendency to go off and sometimes go on what i'd call a chaotic spree are you talking about our college group i am sort of talking about our college group yeah because i was gonna say that sounds super familiar yeah i'm gonna yeah it's i am talking somewhat about our college group <laughs> oh yeah and honestly a lot of the lessons that i learned about like when should i step back to focus on other character stories came from re-examining the way that I used to play in those games. Because, like, it was kind of a running joke for a while there that I was always the main character. True. Also that you always went crazy. I, well, yes, but that was, I will maintain, <laughs> a, uh, a reaction to the stories that you used our characters to tell. That's fair. That's fair. I, so, you know, I'll accept that. that that one's on both of us. That's fair. I, I I accept it. World of Darkness sometimes can do that. It kind of lends itself to insanity, especially when your storyteller likes to dip into the whole eldritch horror stuff every now and then. I do love the eldritch horror stuff. It's a lot of fun. Don't feel bad about that. <laughs> so... You have likely had more experience playing a supporting character than I have because as we've established constantly through this podcast, I am primarily the person who runs games. So, Well, I will counter that by saying I may have had more experience playing a supporting character from a player's role. Okay. But one thing we haven't really talked about is the role of supporting characters as a GM. I was wondering when you were going to get into that, because my argument is that pretty much every NPC outside of, let's say, the villain is pretty much a supporting character. We do not necessarily look into their point of view. We do not necessarily mm -hmm. dive into their story insofar as it doesn't relate directly to a player character. So they can never be, in that sense, a main character, unless you have like a, like a DM NPC uh, that's constantly with the party, but I usually shy away from doing that because it's a lot of work. It definitely can be. Like, those characters definitely have their place mm. in certain types of games, but generally speaking, all you're doing is taking a role away from a player and giving it to yourself, which always feels a little bit, dare I say, masturbatory. Ooh, yeah, well, that that's that's a fair word. That's I was gonna say absorbed, but you know what? Your word more evocative. I do enjoy evocative language. Yeah, very true. Well, now, now our listeners have the evocative language. So, but, 
<laughs> one one thing that I definitely want to explore since we are on this topic is this idea of that was a fun sound that just came from my living room okay is this idea of changing the way that we look at NPCs as not just these like background facilitators of the story that the players are going to one way or another rush their way through that rush might only be metaphorical because you could be like my group and take three years to get through like the first basic campaign that you were supposed to do hey, not the point it's totally fine though oh yeah timing is relative uh but what i want to get at is this sense of using npcs to support your players' stories without taking away the autonomy? I guess the agency autonomy agency yes of the people that you're trying to represent. So you're so if I'm getting you correctly, what you're saying is that you want the NPCs to feel like living, breathing characters within a story and not devices that are used to direct a player's story. Exactly. Which is perfectly understandable. I believe that NPCs should feel like that. However, that does not change for me the fact that they are absolutely used to frame the player character's experience. The question being is that player character's experience, can they still say, oh, this is definitely a main character. This NPC was definitely a main character because they played such a pivotal role in the story that I was interacting with. If your players can say that, I'd say you did a very good job portraying that NPC. But in the long and the short of it, it's not going to be like if your player's like, ah, we're not interested in old man Ebenezer's plot. We're just going to go ahead and walk off. You're not going to be like, all right, that's fair, but this guy's a main character. So for the next hour, I'm going to tell you what old man Ebenezer's been up to and how he solves his own problem. And you'll just have to listen. Now, if your players decide to push old man Ebenezer off a cliff, <laughs> do you, as a GM, craft a backup old man Ebenezer to carry the same sort of weight or to advance a similar plot? Or do you just say... Well, I guess my players didn't want that thread. I, I'll let it get cut. That's a very violent way for players to tell you they don't want old man Ebenezer's thread. I mean, this is role players we're talking about. I guess that is, that is fair, but even so, I had old uh, I had old man Ebenezer involved in like an embezzlement scheme, and now we now he's thrown off a cliff. Oh man, old man Ebenezer had some dark history. Old man Ebenezer has bills to pay. Uh, I guess that's true. Got to put all those kids through college. It's all true. those kids' kids. And all of those kids' kids' kids. It's Old Man Ebenezer is immortal. Why is everybody going to college all at once, Old Man Ebenezer? Did college just get invented? Yes. In their village, college oh, was man. just invented. They just established a new university just outside of town. Now Old Man Ebenezer needs to make sure that his family, the only family that lives in that village, because everyone is blood of old man Ebenezer, goes to that college <laughs> so that that village will have the education necessary to maintain its relevancy in a fast-moving world. Well, of course. I mean, half of his kids are students and teachers. 
It's honest. That's honestly a really bad system. No wonder he was embezzling. <laughs> I, I what wanna, are we I, talking about? Now I want to know what what this story is about. We've made too many things happen for old man Ebenezer, and now I'm curious. See, this is why supporting characters are important. <laughs> you need to you like. We want to know what's happening to old man Ebenezer. The players should too. I think that actually touches on something very important. Hit me. If you want your supporting characters to exist, Uh you have to put at least enough thought into them to make them as interesting as Old Man Ebenezer. Yeah, at the very least. And and that's not to say that every every plot that you're going to put out there is going to be bit. Uh, Frankly, a lot of beautiful plots fall by the wayside because they do not enchant the players. And does that mean that you must allow them to molder in the dust, bury them, and lay a lily at their grave? No, cannibalize them. Add them to the next plot. Anything that the players don't end up using, you can definitely just solder on to another plot that you have going on, especially if it was a super cool idea in the first place. 100%, no doubt. Uh, The supporting character idea, and, and the reason that I believe that NPCs for the most part always play out the idea of this supporting character trope um, is because in the absence of the player characters would we ever find out anything about these NPCs and the answer is unless you're writing a book about them no no we wouldn't have any reason to even come up with them if it weren't for the player characters investigation in that strange way it's like the player characters justify the existence of the world but you can't make it seem that way within the scope of the game. Right. Um, Now, there is something that I have, uh, that I picked up during a a superhero game that I ran um, in the, let's see, in the structure of like a CW superhero show. What with like the, like an intro song and episodes. A thing that I picked up at the end, which now I do for pretty much all of my games by popular demand, is that I pick a a song, a closer song, a credit song, and then I have one or two stinger scenes that I narrate during the course of the ending song, and they do not include a player character at all. They are looks into what is going on in the background, in the scenes of an NPC that has not either shown itself within the narrative or they have seen that NPC in the narrative, and they're doing something that sort of sets the pace for the next... Uh, for the next scene. So uh, an example was uh, a player um, had a had a brother. It's in the superhero game who had a uh, who had a brother who was uh, who like we had long the players had long guessed was possibly one of the main superheroes in San Francisco. And when I played my outro, I framed it during the during the music. This is a diner outside the town. A man comes in sits down, orders uh, orders a pie, and he's just sketching on this little piece of paper. Um, now, there was a lot of art-based powers that were in use because of that player character. Uh, and um, a woman, diner, waitress, comes over and says, that's a really good horse. And he says, oh, thanks very much. And then she turns away, and, like, and as she turns away, the camera focuses in, and the horse gallops off the page. Pencil, uh, like, gallops off the edge of the page. And then credits nice and the the players got that really exciting thrill of sweet we know what's coming next episode or the episode after that it really seems to like it really seems to jazz everybody up and that 
is in itself a story that is entirely maintained by an NPC. No other player characters in there at all. And so we must ask ourselves then, are they the supporting character at that point? Because they're not playing off of a PC at all. This is a narration completely enclosed within their point of view or within the audience's point of view about this person. So do we buck the trope? Are they now more of a main character because we got to see them outside of the scope of the players defining things? And I think that that's sort of up to you and your interpretation. I think so too. And you know what? I would love to hear your opinions on that exact question. Oh. What? You know, like, we've talked about this for about 40 minutes. We have. Maybe closer to 30 if you count, you know the earlier discussion as something different but we're just two guys it's true and this idea of what in a game constitutes a main character or a supporting character is something that i am positive anybody who has ever been a writer or a player or even a consumer of stories probably has some kind of opinion on Sure. Does the idea of a supporting character change, uh, given its medium? Does it change in a role-play game when you have so many other players at the table with their competing points of view? Or does it follow the same sort of tropes that it does in writing and in popular media? You tell us. And how can they tell us, Colin? Well, they can tell us in a number of ways. They could find us on Facebook under a Dodeca Podcast. They could also find us on, I believe, uh, I believe Tumblr. And uh, our email, dodecapodcast at gmail.com. Or they can find us on Twitter at the weird one, podcast dodeca. Mm hmm. And you only missed one, which was Instagram, which oh. is also dodeca podcast. I always miss Instagram because I uninstalled it from my phone. Hey, you know, it's not for everybody, but it can be for you. It is a good way to reach us. And you can follow and look at the three posts that I've made because it's weirdly difficult, maybe not so weirdly, to figure out what kind of images should I post for this audio-only medium. That is a very good question, and I look forward to seeing what you do decide to post. I appreciate it. Once but you know, Go ahead. We, we asked our beautiful listeners, what does it mean to be a supporting character or a main character? We also just want to know, what else do you want to know from us? Is there anything you want us to talk about? Do you have questions that we can answer on the air? Hit us up on the email or any of the other stuff we mentioned. Dodeca podcast is pretty much the way to go. And from all of us here at Dodecahedron, thank you for listening. We look forward to seeing you on our next adventure. <laughs>